right, welcome back all you caring crocodiles out there. We are here for a, another week of A Little Greener, a podcast all about nature, conservation, and sustainability. And if you are new or just can't tell our voices apart, my name is Sarah. I'm one of your co-hosts and I am joined today by my uh, fellow co-host Casey. How are you this week, Casey? Hello, I am pretty well. As you know, I've moved. And you're so, mic'd up today. And I'm mic'd up. I don't Yay. sound like I'm on location or underwater or any of those things. It's, so. a, it's a little bit echoey. Like I can tell you're in a different space though before. I don't know how well that'll come through on the, the recording, but I, I can tell yeah. that you're in a different place. Yeah. So right now I live with my dad and Andrew and I live in his, his basement, which is good. Cause it's kind of like a separate living mm-hmm. space, but it's very far away from our router. So last week I was literally outside <laughs> on the other side of the wall. And this week I'm in a, a breezeway sort of area. So I, I apologize if there is a little bit of an echoey space, but at least the quality of audio is much better no, than before. Yeah. It's not that at all. It's just, yeah. I just noticed that it's different because we're a, we're a multi- city multi-state podcast now coming to you from across the across the miles I was about to say international we are <laughs> not, not so <laughs> we've got two states in between away. us yes <laughs> um, but I'm well I'm adjusting I will say I now live with someone uh my dad who's focus in life is not conservation mm-hmm. and it is a bit of a, like an adjustment period. Like he, his like grocery shopping, his general consumption patterns are so different than mine. They really prioritize expediency because he's a small business owner. So he's like, time is very, very precious to him. And so Andrew and I have established a tiny compost pile in the backyard. Um, but it's going to definitely be like, it's a good learning moment for me again, to remember that I've been in a bubble and that there yeah. are lots of ways to approach things. So, yeah, I think that'll be really cool to see like how you can work different sustainability things into this sort of new lifestyle. Yeah. So how about you, Sarah? Uh, I'm good. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty good as we've talked about in previous weeks. Uh, it's Olympics time the Olympics are on it's and your time that makes everything better for me. So I don't really care what else has been going on in my life. I get to come home and watch these people do amazing things. So, um, but yeah, there, other than that, I haven't made any, however far it is, 10 hour, 12 hour moves. Uh, so do not recommend <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm all good over here. Holding it down in Indiana. <laughs> well, I was going to ask one get to know you question this week, but I'm going to throw you off a little bit. Oh boy. I, I, yeah. I just figured, um, Sarah, what is your favorite part? Um, cause today we're going to talk about bathrooms, <laughs> like the favorite element in your bathroom that you have, like, what is something that you enjoy about the bathroom you live in? That's a really good question. I don't know specifically about the one that I have here. I will say my, I am, I, we've talked about this before. This is not a sustainable thing, but I'm a big fan of baths. Yes. And so 
I do just like that. That's a weird thing to say, I guess. I like that my bathroom has a full bath. <laughs> no, there's definitely, I currently have a bathroom that's a stand-up shower only. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. So I do really enjoy that little luxury. That's the best I've got. I've not that's too much okay. about my, <laughs> my, my bathroom quality. <laughs> Just sprung to mind, uh, the bathroom I am currently using, uh, one thing I like about it is that it's got like a heating unit, like it has got its own part oh, of the sheet. Oh, yeah. So it, like, it's nothing fancy. It just happens that when you wake up in the morning to use the bathroom, it's warm in there. That's so nice though. It's pretty lovely. So, um, but funny bathroom coincidence. One of my favorite things when I first like moved out to be a grown up of my own, I got to pick my own sh- like shower curtain. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom's kind of an interior designer. So she like liked subtle patterns and I was like, mm, I'm doing the tree with birds. <laughs> and turns out when Andrew and I started dating, he had the exact same shower curtain <laughs> as I did. <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah, uh, it's meant to be. <laughs> early signs from the beginning. I love it. I am not one. I think when I first, yeah, first got my own place, I thought it was really fun to pick out the shower curtain. And now I'm just like, whatever's the easiest to clean. <laughs> I don't care what it looks like anymore. I just want it to not be noticeable when it's dirty and be easy to clean. That's fair. That's totally fair. Cause ours, both of our versions of the same shower curtain are gross now, but I'm definitely someone who like aspires. Like I saw this great whale pattern for a shower mm-hmm. curtain, something where it's like way too expensive mm-hmm. for a shower curtain, but it, you get to keep a shower curtain, like those nice ones for a pretty yeah. long time. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's my like little personalized I love it. part of the bathroom that I like. So that's we're going to be talking about sustainable bathroom practices today. Not that either of those things were particularly <laughs> sustainable, but I think that's it's worth talking about. Yeah. The bathroom is an important part of our house. We all have to spend some amount of time within that room. And I think we all have personal ways that we can make that time more enjoyable. Um, we're also going to talk about ways to make it a little bit more green, a little greener. Yay. Stick with the podcast title. But first, a review from Sarah. Right, everybody, we are back with our review for the week, my review for the week, I guess. And we are, like Casey said, we're going to be talking about sustainable bathroom routines today. But my review for today is more of a sustainable kitchen swap or a potentially sustainable kitchen swap. I'll talk more about that as we go along. But I'm going to review um, something that I think has become pretty popular now, a bees wrap. So this is the beeswax wraps that you can use for different types of food storage. I'm reviewing specifically the one that is actually called bees wrap. That's the brand name. That's the only variety I've ever used, although I know there are several different kinds out there. There's also instructions for how to make your own beeswax wraps if you are more crafty. Ooh. Yeah, Casey, there's something for you. <laughs> DIY. Uh, not for me. But um, but so I'm gonna talk a little bit about bees wrap. If you're not super familiar with this, like I said, it is it's kind of a, a food storage alternative. 
So you can use this to like cover a plate or a bowl of leftovers. You can use it to wrap your veggies in, or if you have like a partially cut fruit or vegetable, you can use it as kind of a fruit or veggie saver. Um, you can wrap snacks in it, wrap sandwiches, all of those sorts of things. So it's pretty multi-purpose, multifunctional. I honestly thought of this because Casey, did you, you did, you saw my, the world's largest zucchini in the yes. world. Got. Uh, yeah, I was given a gigantic zucchini and I live by myself. So I'm trying to figure out what to do with this zucchini. And so I busted out my bees wrap in the meantime uh, is what's covering the part of the zucchini that I have cut off. So uh, like I said, it's a beeswax wrap. So it is basically just a sheet of uh, the, the the kind that I have is made out of organic cotton, um, beeswax, oil, and tree resin are the ingredients used to make it. Um, bees wrap does also provide a vegan option um, that uses all plant-based materials. It doesn't actually use the beeswax uh, in the producing of it, um, if that's something that is of interest to you. And, and this is where I kind of say, it's, it's potentially a sustainable swap. I did actually, just before recording this, see an article that talked about um, beeswax wraps not really being a great sustainable option in terms of their whole life quality assessment, obviously, or, or cotton uh, in general is gonna have a lot of environmental impact. So the reason that I purchased beeswax. I mean, I hadn't, I purchased this a long time ago. So, but uh, I purchased, purchased this as a way to reduce plastics. So from that standpoint, it still makes sense to me. At the time that I purchased this, I was going through a lot of cling wrap specifically to cover pet food cans. I was covering up pet food cans with, with cling wrap and I was just going through it regularly. And I knew that I, I just wanted something that I was going to be able to use over and over again. So it felt like it made sense for me at the time, but if that's something that you want to think about, um, you can certainly look into that a little bit more before you purchase. I will say just from a standpoint of reviewing the item, I really, really like it. I really like Beeswrap. I think it does exactly what it says. It works really well. It's pretty cool because it uses the heat from your hands. That's how it works. So the heat from your hands will kind of warm up the wax enough to kind of stick to itself. Oh. Yeah. It's so cool. It's fun. Like it's fun to put it on and warm it up and actually feel it start to work um, because you do take it out and it's just this sort of stiff, hard material. And you're like, this isn't even like, it's not even going to stick to itself. How does this work? But I found it to work perfectly, no matter what, whether I was putting it around a can um, or wrapping it around my zucchini, uh, whatever the case may be. I felt like it just has the perfect amount of sticky and it sticks to itself, but it doesn't get, you know, it's not like messy on whatever you're wrapping it around or anything like that. Um, it's also, I found it to be really easy to care for after you use it, you just wash it off in cool water, a little bit of gentle soap and hang it to dry and it's good to go. Um, their website, the Beeswrap website, will tell you that it lasts up to a year. I've had my, I don't, I cannot remember when I purchased it, to be honest with you, but I've had it for 
much more than a year <laughs> and, and mine's still fine. Um, I don't use it as often. I was using it regularly for a while and then didn't use it for a while. So it kind of goes in um, starts and stops for me, but uh, they say that by the end of its life, it'll wear thin and start to lose its sticky. And I've had no problems with that whatsoever so far. So take that for what it's worth. It's lasted much longer than a year um, for me. And then once it has reached its end of life, a uh, cool thing about it is if you do compost at home, this is something that uh, is compostable apparently. So that's a big draw for me, even though I don't currently compost, that's something I would like to start doing. Um, but again, the, the main goal for me was to cut out some of that plastic waste that I felt like I was making uh, every single day. So uh, I think it was a good swap for me. I like it. Again, don't swap for the sake of a, a swap. If it's not something that would be super valuable to you in your home, don't do it. Uh, but if you've been looking for something like that, again, there's a lot of varieties out there or you can look into the DIY uh, variety, but I have really enjoyed uh, the bees wrap. That's awesome, Sarah. I have a lot of friends who like to use the bees wrap and I just haven't personally needed it. I felt mm -hmm. like I've invested. I think what's great about what you're talking about too, is like cling wrap. I actually feel like it's one of those items that the vast majority of functions for that item can be replaced yes. by other options. And there's multiple different kinds. So mm -hmm. like even the other day we got a watermelon from the store and it was giant. So we didn't need the whole watermelon. And I put a piece of even just aluminum foil over top of it. And she's like, is that even a work? And I was like, think so. Cause I had it pretty flush against it and it worked perfectly fine. Now that's a disposable option too. So that's not necessarily the, uh, the number one choice, but it, it has the same idea with the cling wrap where you can cut it to be how big mm -hmm. you need it to be. Uh, we use glass reusable yeah. jars yep. and we'll do that for things like uh, that, that fruit that you cut in half and things like that. So I am I'm glad that bees, like, I wasn't really sure how it worked. I was like, yeah. how does this, how does this, so I'm, I'm fascinated by this whole, like warms up in your hands and then sticks. To, that's so yeah, cool. <laughs> and, and what you're saying though, is, is true too. Cause again, this just really seemed to make a lot of sense for the purpose yeah. that I needed to use it for, uh, at the time, specifically what I was, was replacing worked really well. Bees wrap is not something that you can put in the microwave. It's not something that you're supposed to, they, they don't recommend you like wrap meat products and things like that. Obviously you're, you can't wash it in hot water either right. um, because that's how it works is, is the heat. So, um, uh, so, you know, think about what you need and that it might not be the right option for you to replace whatever, whatever you're trying to replace. But, but for me, it checked all the boxes with what I needed to replace. That's awesome. Thank you for that yeah. review, Sarah. Yep. Well, I guess, sorry, go ahead. Nope. I was just going to say, absolutely. We'll be talking about, uh, how to, how to green up your bathroom when we come back. All right, and we are back with the main discussion of our episode today. Today, we're going to talk about sustainable bathroom practices. 
Now, this actually idea came to me from a friend of mine from growing up. Hi, Noah. Thanks for uh, for asking this question. Noah had a coworker who was interested in becoming more green in her bathroom, and he reached out to me and asked if I had any suggestions um, and said, maybe you could do a podcast episode about it. So I gave him some of my suggestions, but uh, as we've talked about before in this pod, like neither of us are perfect and also... Uh, not all sustainable solutions work for every single person. So I crowdsourced this episode (laughs) and asked people what sort of items they are using to uh, make their bathroom experience a little bit more sustainable. So I tried for some of these to break it down with like different levels of difficulty, because remember there's lots of barriers to sustainability out there for you. It could be money for people like my dad at this time. Um, for other people, it could be your physical ability to perform different things, or it could be, um, the fact that you have kids. So there's different, uh, members of your family that it needs to cater to. So this is just a bunch of suggestions of things that have worked for people we know. Um, But as Sarah said earlier, one of the number one rules of sustainability is we don't buy stuff for the sake of buying stuff. Don't invest in something on this list that doesn't fill a need in your life. um, And that means consuming something that you wouldn't normally consume, even if it's more sustainable than the other alternative. Um, We can't consume our way out of a sustainability issue. A lot of these issues are a lot of times resolved by just consuming less. And so I'm going to try and be as transparent as possible with the barriers and the easiness and pros and cons to all of these. And the other thing to remember is that there are a lot of facets to conservation and sustainability. And so while one product may solve one issue, it may come with baggage in a different area. So think about that plastics versus the carbon footprint of something versus uh, the sustainability of the resources used like palm oil in it. So uh, there are pros and cons to all sorts of different things. So I wanted to start with one issue that Sarah actually is very familiar with us. Sarah, uh, you introduced us a couple episodes uh, back to the water cycle. Yeah. What is the number one use of water in our house? Is it the toilet? I can't remember. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a long time. But I'm I'm guessing because we're talking about the bathroom that it's the toilet. (laughs) It's the toilet. Well, I thought it was the shower originally, but we talked about that. Yeah, Yeah. it's the toilet. Um, And so our toilets and our showers are all important facets. Over half of your indoor water use takes place in your bathroom. And the number one use is your toilet. But showers are about 17% of your daily household water as well. So uh, the first little section I wanted to talk about before we actually get to all these different products is just ways that we can reduce our water consumption in the bathroom. So Sarah, what's the number one way that we can use less water? I mean, probably the thing that we start hearing when we're little is turn off the water when you're not using it. So while you're, you know, brushing your teeth or even while you're washing, like if you're washing your hands, you can turn off the water while you're like lathering up. Uh, But yeah, turn it off as much as you can when you're not using it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. We were taught this from a young age. So if you have kids, it's a good thing to instill in them earlier. I can remember my parents saying like, Oh, don't waste the water. We got to turn the water off. Um, and it's important to remember, this is not just a sustainability thing. This is also saving you pennies. So 
If you're someone who's concerned about your budget, being smart about your water use is a great way to do that. Turn off your faucet when you're washing your hands, like Sarah said, or brushing your teeth or shaving. All these things are possible. Taking shorter showers or showering less. Yep. Also thing. Or if you're in Sarah's case, take baths less often. (laughs) No, I really do try. I really do. I take them less often than I used to. Leave you. And and remember that, you know, being green is not about being a basically sustainability nun. You know, we're not like (laughs) so puritanical that all joy is sucked out of life and that we are committed to the cause beyond everything else. Like we need to rest. We need to take care of ourselves. And if you're doing a lot of these other things, maybe you're saving up your water allotment for your bath. Um, And uh, if you're in a water scarce area, which in the US, we are having some droughts right now. I found some uh, tips of let's say you're showering and the local ordinances suggest that you don't water your plants outside. Let's not devote water to the lawn, but let's say you have a garden or you've got your house plants that you want to water. Uh, you can put a bucket in the shower with you. So some of that water that's just running off, um, that would otherwise go down the drain, you can wait for it to cool and then use it to water your plants or to wash your dishes or all sorts of different uses for that little bit of extra water. I thought that was cool. That's innovative and smart. So that is the easy level, right? Yeah. I I really like that last one too. The bucket in, in the shower. That's something that I've heard before as well. And, you know, I I think that's just such an easy thing to to do. I haven't started doing it yet just because as you know, I don't like I don't garden, so I don't have, yeah. I, don't, I don't even have houseplants or anything like that, but that's certainly something you could use it for is, is houseplants. So I need to figure out how exactly I would use it because I don't want to have just this bucket of water sitting there for no reason. But I feel like there would be other things that certainly that I could do with it. I like that one. Yeah. And if you want to be hardcore, I saw something about like a Navy shower where basically like you turn it on, you get yourself wet and then you turn mm-hmm. off the water it is summertime here. So that feels not pleasant, but feasible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure in the winter, much less pleasant, <laughs> but, uh, but an option that you can have if you're, you're in a water scarce area to only turn on the water when you are wetting yourself down and then rinsing yourself off. Yeah. So the next level, which may require a little bit more experience, or it might be a little, uh, spend a little bit money is to repair your leaky faucets. So making sure that you don't have any leaks going on, um, not just your faucet, but also uh, here's the number one thing that breaks in my bathroom is, you know, when you flush the toilet and it pulls up on that little plunger doodad that pulls the water down out of the tank and that like, if it's not a good seal, you still have that, you hear that water running. Mm -hmm. That is a piece that's actually really pretty easy to replace and not super expensive. So if you hear that water running longer than it is supposed to take the moment, save yourself the money, save the planet and replace that little bit there. Um, we were renters prior to this and definitely guilty of letting leaks go just a little bit too long because calling the repair person felt like extra effort, but, um, you know, that's something that you can do to help reduce your water consumption. My fiance is pretty handy. Um, but Hey, like you can always go on YouTube and see easy little fixes. I'm not saying go under your sink and, uh, and relocate any pipes or anything, but, but there are lots of little fixes that we can do. And then Sarah, uh, this is a, a little piece of plumbing that you should be able to do by yourself. Have you ever heard of an aerator before? Um, not 
in anything regards to the bathroom. I thought like you like aerate your lawn, don't you like aerate? <laughs> <oil>? <laughs> I don't, I, so I'm not in whatever context you're talking about. No, I'm not familiar with it. So yes, yes, you have a lawn aerator, right? Like I don't know if you've ever seen anybody like step on their lawn with yeah. nails. That's a way to aerate yeah. your lawn. But actually there is a little piece that can be installed at the end of your faucet. Um, and basically it's like a little mesh. And what it does is it, it slows the flow of water down, but adds air bubbles in it as it runs over the mesh. And so the water pressure still feels really good, but it uses a lot less water. And actually most of your sinks probably have, have this it. Okay. already, but that's something to check out, especially if you're in like an old house or like if yours is messed up, you actually probably feel it. Like you're like, whoa, the, like think about <laughs> that sound that your sink makes where it's kind of more of like, shh, rather than like a straight up, like pouring of a, a pitcher. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the aerator in there. So if you are missing some of those, that's <laughs> oh. a way that you can install one and they're pretty cheap. Um, you have to find the right one for the right fit for your faucet, but that's one way to okay. help save water. But if you have, if you, it's, you said it's like a mesh thing, yeah, right. So if you, that you would like, would you be able to feel it? Like it's right on the end. Like I looked underneath the sink in the bathroom where I went just like underneath the faucet yeah. area and yeah. I saw it I think mine might be a little damaged because it's like coming out wonky um but yeah I think you should be able to see it there okay recommend doing more research because I'm not a plumber yeah, no that's un understandable yeah. <laughs> I just didn't I truly had I had no idea this was a thing so yeah I will have to yeah I'm, I'm guessing it is on my faucets as well but I will I will check and make sure that I have a narrator. I really had never heard of it in any uh, anything other than your lawn. Other totally. than I I mean like I It was like you, I don't see how this is related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't go into lawns today. That's a different episode. But yeah, I mean like we had to take our aerator off um because it fit our portable dishwasher that I talked so much about mm -hmm. that we finally sold and we ended up putting the aerator with it because it adapted to that particular nozzle better. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, enough about aerators and little pieces. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, this is previous to the aerator. I do just want to second your comments about fixing leaks and toilets and stuff. I actually, like, I'm not handy at all, but uh, what you were talking about with the toilet, like there are some amazing YouTube videos out there now. And I promise you, if I can do it, you can do it simple stuff like I yeah I'm not doing anything that requires me to like turn off my water and remove any pieces right <laughs> um but yeah I, I just lo I love that idea too because I do think that cost is one of my barriers certainly for doing some of these things so even just being able to do some of those little things on my own has been helpful so totally and if you have a member of your family who is handy, another good way to like start conversations and, and try and hone in on some of those skills. So like my dad's not a particular like plumber kind of guy, but like my grandpa's super handy. Mm -hmm. So he would be one who next time he comes down, maybe I'll be observing because he comes over and fixes my mom's yeah. stuff all the time. Yeah. So, okay. Challenge mode. Yep. I'm and then ready. we'll move on to the next section. You've heard of energy star appliances. There are actually water versions of these. They are called water sense appliances and they are certified to meet certain standards set by the EPA. Um, so for example, a sh normal shower head um, should 
be letting no more than 2.5 gallons per minute go through it. And actually that, that standard just got changed back from the last administration uh, rolled back that restriction. And then the new administration just last week, actually just put oh. that restriction back in place. But a water sense faucet would just have, I think, two gallons go through it. So it's, it's trying to make sure that you're not not getting showered, but you're still feeling that water pressure. Still, it's a high quality shower. You don't have to wait there longer too, because that would completely knock off all the effects of, of you having less uh, water coming through the faucet. Mm-hmm. But um, toilets, shower heads, faucets all have options that are water sense. And so that is one way that you could help out um, for a little bit more money. It depends on the appliance. Obviously, toilets are much more expensive than shower heads are. Um, but that's one of the ways if you wanted to replace an item or if you're moving into a new house or something, yeah. that's our challenge mode. Well, All right. Next electricity. We talked about this actually, again, I, was it during our water episode? It might've been our slackers guide episode. Do you remember what the biggest, when you are washing your clothes, what the biggest suck of electricity was? Yeah. Heating your water. Heating your water. Yeah. yeah. And not so, running the machine. It's heating the water. It's not spinning that thing round and round. It's the water. And 18% of your electricity bill goes towards heating up water for various reasons. So that's a pretty sizable chunk. So your washing machine, your shower, washing your hands, etc. So for electricity, Uh, There are a lot of different ways we use electricity in the bathroom. Obviously heating up water is one of the ways, but also the lights, the fan. So your easy mode, again, reduce, turn things off when you're not using them. Turn off the lights, um, unplug your hair dryers and straighteners. Be like me and just don't use one 90% of the time. Same. (laughs) Just throw your back and hair back in a ponytail or bun and don't care about it. Um, electric toothbrushes are another thing. Sarah, do you have an exhaust fan in your bathroom? I do. I don't ever use it though. Like I literally never use it. I don't turn it on. For, I, it's one of those things. The noise drives me crazy. Oh, I okay. Can't, I can't stand the noise and I don't even, I don't really understand how you're supposed to use it effectively. And so I just don't ever turn it on. Uh, basically like when your bathroom gets super, super humid, it can end up impacting the quality for your like paint and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So I probably have mold growing in my bathroom. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe our old house did not have one. And like the ceiling paint was uh, yeah. feeling, and I don't know if those things are related, but it felt related. <laughs> um, but our new bathroom does, and you only have to run that for about 15 to 20 minutes after your shower for it to completely clear up all of that extra humidity. So don't just set it and then run away and yeah. forget about it, like try and finish up your bathroom routine and then turn it off. Some medium level stuff, saving money up front or spending money up front to save some in the future, buy some energy efficient light bulbs, upgrade next level. Uh, here's one that I hadn't really thought of before. Reduce the heat of your hot water heater. Yeah. Have you done this before, Sarah? Uh, I, I did have to mess with my water heater a little bit in uh, the previous house that I lived in. Um, so, so kind of, yes, kind of no, sort of for different purposes, but, but yes, I have adjusted the, the level of my hot water heater before. I, I don't know. The hot water heater has always scared me. It always like was in the basement when I was a kid. Yeah. The basement was always kind of scary and it was hot and loud. 
your hot water heater is generally set between 140 and 160 degrees. And we don't really need it that high in most cases. The only like cons I saw is if you're someone who is immunocompromised or has some sort of respiratory infection, sometimes you do want the water hot enough um, when you're washing your dishes, for example, to kill the bacteria yeah. there. Or if you have a dishwasher that doesn't have a heating element that would additionally heat up that water, that might be a reason to keep it that hot. But for the most part, like when you turn on your shower and it's scalding, why? Yeah. You don't. I never really thought of it before. It's just in the U S that's sort of a given in most places is I can turn my water so hot that it boils my skin off yeah. if I want it to, <laughs> but why that doesn't why? happen anywhere. <laughs> there's, there's really like very few natural places where that would yeah. possibly need to happen. So, um, so yeah, you can look at the, what the right options are for you. Um, but and also like YouTube, YouTube's going to be your friend on that one. You want to make sure you like turn off your electricity component before you adjust a lot of things on your hot water heater. But that is one way where it's not consistently have to heat that water up. That's going to save you a pretty chunk of change and actually can extend the life of your hot water heater because the hotter the water is, the more corrosive it is. So something to keep in I mind. I didn't know that. Challenge mode would be buying an energy efficient water heater. Um, that's obviously serious chunk of change, but it's going to save you a lot of money in the long term. because remember heating up water is 18% of your energy bill. So if you could cut that over time, you're going to really experience those benefits. Yeah. And I mean, those are something, things that you can think about both the challenge mode and the, the sort the sort of medium level mode are, you know, things that you can think about when you're appliances are reaching the end of life. So if you need a new water heater, right. this is the thing that you can think about, you know. Good point. If you've got a per- perfectly good one right now, yeah. I mean, over the life of the appliance, we always have to think about also the end disposal as well. So mm-hmm. um, it is not the most sustainable thing to go uproot your entire house and renovate right. um, just for sustainability's sake. Um, but yeah, this is a good thing to look at if you're already looking to do those things, especially. Mm -hmm. So that's electricity and water, but our bathroom also produces a lot of waste. I had a lot of issues quantifying the waste that comes out (laughs) of our bathroom. I think it's very personal and I think it's hard to like generalize that information across all Americans or across a bunch of different countries. So we're going to talk kind of in general, it's possible that some of these things where you live are the norm. And if they are, let us know, because we want to know what other places are. I think, you know, obviously we're from the States and our norm is our norm, (laughs) but, oh, Sarah, this, these are all products that we're going to talk about today. I would love, love to, to yeah, but be, yeah, before we go on, yeah, I would love to hear if you are from another country in particular, what of these things that we're talking about today are absolutely not the norm for you. Like, do you have a more sustainable norm than we have or what's, I would love, I would be super interested in, in learning that. Tell us it's a, a little greener podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, what's your hand soap game like? Uh, I'm good. I'm good on my hand soap game. I do use bar soap now for, um, in, in both bathrooms. Now I I've switched over to bar soap. I do. I think I still have like below my sink. I still have, uh, a bottle like dispenser just in, in case, (laughs) but, but I do put out bar soap now for both my bathrooms. 
the name of the game is bar soap bar lots of bar things yes so what's the problem with liquid soap sarah uh, well, for I mean, for me, th- there may be more, but for me, it was again the plastic container. So just as a way to cut down on the plastics that I'm consuming and disposing, it's tough because a lot of bar soaps there's still plastic involved. But um, but I have found some that are have cardboard and or paper wrapping instead of plastic. So yeah, um, so especially now, I feel like lots of us have friends who somewhere in your Facebook friend list, someone makes soap now, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a thing. I, yeah, I know a couple people. Um, Hey, Krista, Hey, Anika, if you're out there, I see you making your soap out there. So like, that's cool that there are local people Mm -hmm. making soap. Um, I think that's cool also because you can ask them what the ingredients are on it and probably understand most of the ingredients on the back, unlike a lot of processed things. Um, but like you said, like if you go to the grocery store and you buy a bunch of dove soap, it's going to come in a box, but then it's going to come in wrapped in plastic. Mm-hmm. I, I was at my dad's store today and they were unwrapping boxes of unwrapped bar soap and you could buy it and then you could put it in a little cardboard box. And I was super excited to see huh. how, yeah, how prevalent it was starting to get. Yeah. Remember how a couple episodes, how I was like, I was suspicious of big soap. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hear me out. I was like reading a website about how bar soap's better. And it was like sponsored by the soap guild. <laughs> the soap guild exists. Now the soap guild is for like handcrafted. It's like literally a consortium yeah. of so people who handcraft soap. So it's, it's actually not little soap. soap. Yeah. It's, it's not. But if little soap exists, I feel strongly that big soap must exist. <laughs> I see you, soap guild. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> it was like a website. I don't know. It was like lessplasticwaste.com or something okay. around those lines. Um, and then it was like brought to you by the soap guild. It's so, like, so strange. Um, but yeah, when you get uh, those little like pump soaps, they come in plastic almost all the time. If you are married to your pump soap, please get bulk pump soap. Yes. Uh, so the there big is refillable, the like, big ones. Jugs. Yeah. Yes. That's what we were getting a lot during like height of pandemic when some of the soap was like not super available. We were getting a lot of that, but we have since switched over to bar soap. There's actually a theory within animals and I was trying to figure out what the actual name of it was, but basically the colder the climate is, the more likely animals are to be big and round. And that is because they have reduced surface area to their volume. And that is the same reason why you should be buying bulk products is that the wrapping compared to the volume is very small. So use that little biology. Great. I love it. Um, there are still some things to, to think about with, um, with soap. So this, this, uh, soap that they were unwrapping at my dad's store. Um, it was like, it was literally all it said was plant-based soap mm. with plant oil. Yeah. And there was this little like ding, ding, ding in my head. Mm-hmm. That was like palm oil. Palm oil. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So they're reaching out to get what the ingredients are. turns out Casey, when she drinks wine, 
needs to know things about the sustainability of the products she consumes. Uh, I think Casey just needs to know that regarding general. <laughs> but I, the other day I, I had a glass of wine after work and I emailed my favorite soap company, um, who is certified by the RSPO. They're like first ingredient, sustainable palm oil. We have not talked about the RSPO. They're the round table for sustainable palm oil. We, we, we will. We promise we will. It is complicated. All of you people who are familiar with it and are screaming, it's not that much better. Like we know, you know. we'll talk about it eventually. <laughs> um, but like, the thing I was interested in is they said sustainable palm oil, but then the second ingredient was palm kernel oil, which also comes from the cool. same plant. Yeah. But also didn't say it was RSPO. So I emailed them and was like, Hey, is this just an unregulated byproduct of the industry or is this just not a sustainable product in your thing? I have not yet heard back, but I promise I will update you. Yes. <laughs> um, so those are some things to consider. Uh, but it's not just soap that comes in bars, right, Sarah? It is not. You can get bar all the things. Bar, bar all the things. Body wash, <laughs> bar shampoo, bar conditioner, all the Do bars. you use any of those? I did. So I do use like bar soap for, for my body now as well. So I've substituted out my body wash. I also did buy this thing and I can't remember it's from a small, like sustainable, uh, shop in, I think Wisconsin. I can't remember. <laughs> I'll have to look up the name of it. Um, but, uh, small business, um, that's like a little like loofah thing that you can actually stick your bar soap inside of so it's like a little bag and nice. it lathers and exfoliates and all all of that stuff so again not something oh. everybody necessarily needs but if you don't want to give up your body wash because you like the lather and all of that this is might be a thing you could look into but anyway so I've done that um I have previously used bar shampoo and conditioner um I don't currently right at this moment because I no longer live I don't have access to the same store and I haven't found another one that I like that I can purchase near me. So right now I am using a bottled shampoo. I'm sorry, but, uh, but that is a, a swap that I've made in, in the past and hope to again. Yeah. I mean, right now I am using a combo cause we moved in with my dad and there was shampoo in the basement mm, that's yeah. in a bottle. Um, so yeah, you don't throw out a big bottle of shampoo. You use right. it anyway. Um, so buy in bulk if you can, like you can get the bigger sizes. I know that means more money up front, but typically it's cheaper per ounce and again, less plastic, but Andrew and I tried bar shampoo and conditioner a couple years ago. And like, we were trying to be like ultra sustainable. And I like got a little recycled dish for it to be in. And then the soaps or the shampoo, like stuck to the bottom yeah. of the dish and got it kind of funky and it wasn't lathering the way I really wanted to. And yeah. so we kind of had moved away from it, but I got a little bit of money for Christmas last year, just on like an Amazon gift card and decided that I wanted to try. And, uh, I tried a brand called Ethnique, I believe. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I got from them was actually this little case and it's got a slotted bottom. So the water can run out the bottom mm -hmm. and it's got a little lid on top. And that has prolonged the life of the little samples that I got for that a lot. I also learned that instead of trying to lather things up in your hands, you should be lathering it directly mm -hmm. into your hair. And that has made a huge difference in my quality of that, yeah. that working. I have 
straight hair that doesn't, it's not very picky. So if you're someone who has a different texture hair, this might not be the right solution for you, but it could be. So, and you can try some different things. Um, Basin was the store that I used to get mine from. And I, I also have, I have straight, really thin, very fine hair and, and dandruff as well. And I just, they're like normal uh, shampoo bar and conditioner or whatever, like it, it worked really well for me. Um, but you might have to try, I know I've heard from people that have tried a couple of different things and they definitely agree with your tips, Casey, like having the appropriate dish, um, to keep it from sticking or like getting mushy. And if you leave it like naked in the shower, the residual water from your bathroom, is just going to wear it down more quickly, just like bar soap. So don't do that. Like have a plan for that. Um, I was just kept initially forgetting it outside of the yeah. showers. So I have to go reach for it. So I really like this uh, little dish, but yeah, find one that's right for you. A recommendation from uh, Britt, who we used to work with. She yeah. likes the brand High Bar and Britt okay. actually runs a eco store called Wild Refillery, where she does refills on products. So if you've got, instead of having that like bulk sort of, plastic container. If you have jars or things like that, she can fill you up on different products. Um, and she's tried all of them herself. So she was a really good resource for this episode as well. Um, so if you are in the Indiana area, look up wild refillery, we will link them in our social media posts that I promised to post this time. (laughs) Slacker. Toilet paper. Yay. We've talked about this one before. Yeah. I have. You got yours. Do you like it? I have. I still haven't used it. Oh no. (laughs) I've had it now for many weeks now. I can't even remember, but I still have like four rolls of regular toilet paper to go through. (laughs) So, but it's all stacked now. I have it all stacked in my uh, bathroom and it's so cute. All the little different papers for those of you that, that haven't been listening. Uh, we're, we're talking about Casey reviewed on a previous episode, the toilet paper that she switched out to, which is who gives a crap is the name of the the brand. And, um, they offer both recycled paper, toilet paper, and also bamboo toilet paper as well. And so Casey reviewed the recycled paper, uh, and that was my sustainable, change like lifestyle change that I was going to make for this year so I've ordered that as well but I I have yet to start using it I'm excited though yeah I I love who gives a crap some pros no plastic packaging that's actually why we got it in the first place you can get the 100% recycled which means it's not coming from either virgin forests or from tree plantations which oftentimes replace virgin forests and have really high water uh, consumption rate so this is a good way to offset some of that and then, uh, but if it, it, the way you do that is you actually order it online. Yep. Sorry, Sarah. Did you I have- just, no, I was just going to say, I just realized I like jumped ahead in your easy medium You're challenge. Good. No, so, I, sorry. Asked <laughs> I asked if you started, cause I got really excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is kind of the, I will say, so I'm saying the easy mode for this one is if you just go to the grocery store and you look for the recycled toilet paper, there's basically no change in your routine other than just buying a different brand that is hundred percent recycled, which you can find there. It will still almost definitely have the plastic packaging on the outside. That's the downside. I actually think doing who gives a crap is way easier because you buy it in bulk. So it's like, it's not 
super cheap. It's it's forty eight dollars for forty eight rolls, which actually isn't it's very expensive. Bad. It's it's just a lot at a one time. Yes, yeah. but like we've used it for almost a year, and like we did not bring it with us because every cubic inch of moving space was valuable. <laughs> I gave it to friends. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, have this toilet paper. Um, but I really loved it. I love not thinking about running out of toilet paper. I, you, it gets sent to your house with less packaging. I think it's the way to go. I did have a couple people respond on Instagram. Um, some friends who use bidets. Yeah. Well, and I think if you are listening from overseas, this may be more of the norm for you, depending on what country you're from. Yes. I I have zero experience with this. Uh, my great aunt and uncle had a bidet when I was a kid and I definitely like squirted my butt with my pants <laughs> on or something like that, you know, like totally didn't use it appropriately. Um, and, and I had a teacher, I remember in the seventh grade, he worked in the Peace Corps in Morocco. And so he was talking about the days and all of us, like 12 year olds are like, gross. yeah, yes. I mean, in the U S we sort of have this, this weird attachment to toilet paper. Yeah. I don't know that bidets entirely solve your toilet paper issue. And that's, I did just a little bit of research and they were talking about like your butt's still wet. So maybe in places where bidets are more common, everybody feels comfortable using a washcloth because it's almost like using a towel if things are already clean. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling some of our US folks are gonna like squirm a little bit at that, but Bidet is challenge mode because it might be a little bit more of a adventurous moment yeah. for you if you're going out. There's actually some pretty inexpensive options out there. And they actually, some of them install with like no electricity. You actually just hook it up and it's easy installation. So it's something I want to think about. That's very interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it's something I want to think about. And I admire folks who have taken the step. I, uh, I like toilet paper. Yeah but I, I, I can see myself being open to an alternative option. I I could as well, honestly, although it's clearly going to take me like five years to get through this toilet paper that I've already purchased. We'll follow up with Sarah on episode 500. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Some teeth stuff. Sarah, are you familiar Mm -hmm. with like the alternatives to toothpaste out there? Yeah. Well, I see the ads for like the, the bite or whatever, the tablet toothpaste I I have not tried it myself because I I think we mentioned this before on the podcast but I have like some teeth potential teeth issues nothing crazy but a little you know receding gum line and thin enamel and that sort of thing and uh so I just am not super comfortable yet right now with it I feel like it's something I probably should talk to my dentist about but like I buy expensive special toothpaste and mouthwash and oh yeah so my my tooth my dental gain is is not sustainable right now for sure yeah I mean a lot of parts of the of brushing your teeth are like inherently have plastic or waste involved in them um toothpaste tubes are like not recyclable and traditional recycling. Mm-hmm. There's TerraCycle programs that will take them mm-hmm. if you're interested in that. Um, but yes, Andrew and I both have sensitive teeth and have special toothpaste and all of that kind of stuff. But our friend and listener, Lisa, Hi, Lisa. we love so much. Hi, Lisa. Uh, she tried Bite and um, she said that she liked it and uh, it took her a little bit to get used to 
and she sometimes adds a little bit of baking soda for grit but mm. she um but she likes it so I thought that was really interesting because I don't I didn't know anyone other than her that had tried bite type. yeah that was really cool I get the ads all the time but I've never talked to anybody that used it we talk a good game we're talking about buying a lot of sustainable bathroom <laughs> stuff recently but I haven't yet bit the bullet um huh. Hi, I didn't, I didn't want it to be. <laughs> Sorry. But it was, it was. It was. Okay. Um, toothbrushes are another place where they're plastic or maybe you have an electric one. Sarah, do you use a traditional toothbrush? I do. And again, I think we mentioned this too. I have tried a bamboo toothbrush and it, I just, I just really didn't like it. And I didn't feel like, again, I'm, I'm just a little concerned about my teeth and the wear and, and all of that. And my dentist has actually recommended that I get a, an electric, like a, like a high quality, uh, electric one. So for right now, I've, I've also got a traditional toothbrush. Uh, I have had a traditional toothbrush, the same one for too long to the point yeah. the other day I was brushing my teeth and the bristles started coming out and I was like, <laughs> point taken. And I had bought bamboo toothbrushes. It still came in plastic packaging. Yeah. So that was frustrating, but, uh, I have felt like it, the bristles are a little too stiff for me on the particular brand that I bought. I don't know about all of them, but I actually ended up using my thumb and just like working the bristles okay. a little bit. And I, it was much more pleasant the last couple of times I've been using it because I think I, I worked out some of the stiffness of those bristles. Okay. If you're someone who's like very like specific about mouthfeel, you might not like the wood taste that yeah. just might not be your thing. Um, but I, I don't really mind it. I don't mind that, uh, that part at all. It was mostly the stiffness of the, the bristles. So you have to find one that's right for you. If that's the thing you want to do, there's also floss options. So Lisa said she uses biodegradable floss. Have you That's used awesome. any of these? Yeah. No, I haven't. Again, I've seen these and this is the one that I think I do want to try. My flossing is not what it should be. And I really need to get better <laughs> at this. So, uh, but I hate, I do hate flossing. Cause I'm just like, look at these little strings of plastic that I'm just throwing in my trash can. Uh, so yeah, this might be something that I look into. Yeah. I mean, I've always hated flossing and then had a bunch of mouth pain and my dad's just like, if you floss, you won't have it. And I'm like, whatever. And then <laughs> yeah. flossed and was like, oh, it does solve uh, yeah. <laughs> back there. Andrew and my dad actually are two of the best flossers I know. Uh, but I was talking to my mom the other day about flossing and she was like, dental floss is the best like repair thing in the world. If the zombie apocalypse happens, <laughs> recurring theme. Uh, she said that she would be hoarding dental floss because it's good for like all sorts of different things, um, which I think speaks to a, uh, a like flexibility in its use. Yeah. However, probably reinforces the idea that it, it lasts forever and right. you shouldn't be using it as yeah. something disposable. Yeah. I really want to talk to your mom though about how exactly she's <laughs> going to use floss during the zombie apocalypse. That's a whole nother podcast episode. Yes. But <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, Lisa said that the one complaint she had about the biodegradable floss is it does fall apart more easily. That's sort of the point, but obviously when you're using it, you don't want it falling apart. She said the charcoal one actually works um, more resiliently, but she said her dentist did not notice a difference. Okay. Um, 
when she was using it. So talk to your dentist. This is obviously a healthcare thing. And then look at what your options are for ways to cut down on waste. A couple sort of, uh, I would say more cosmetic things. Uh, makeup rounds. If you're someone who puts on a lot of makeup, this is not an episode about sustainable makeup. That seems like it's something that requires its own research and something that I am currently highly unqualified to talk about. (laughs) But I did actually sew a bunch of reusable makeup rounds out of flannel cotton fabric. Um, So if you're someone who uses either a cotton, what are those? Cotton balls. That's what they're called. (laughs) Or, or like, you know, different uh, single use makeup rounds to clean makeup off of your face. There are reusable options out there. This is this is a genuine question because maybe there's a reason that I don't know because I, I, I this is just not my area of expertise. But like, can can you just use washcloth as well? Like, or is there is there a difference in the material that make people want to use something else to, for their makeup removal? Because I I have like a the the micellar water stuff that I just put on a washcloth to take off. Am I, am I destroying my skin? No, great point. Again, unqualified to really talk about it. Yes. You could use a washcloth. That's one of those things. You don't have to buy an item. Don't buy this. If you don't need it sort of situation, the cotton flannel that I've used. And there's a lot of times what I see advertised, or you will see like that microfiber Mm -hmm. fabric, um, I think are a little bit more gentle on your skin. It's not going to be as exfoliating if that's not really what you want. Um, one of the things I like about the makeup pads is that you can kind of get a little bit like into the corners of your eyes and mm-hmm. like all those little spaces where mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes you don't want to be scrubbing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> with the washcloth. So if you are someone who goes through like a million cotton balls or whatever to take off your makeup, look at, there's lots of alternatives out there and a lot of them are really cute. So that's an option for you too. Yeah. Sarah, you did a review on razors. Yes. Remind us of your razor. I, and I still love this. So I use the leaf razor, which again is a little bit of an investment financially for, but a a one-time purchase and the replacement blades are super cheap. Um, So it's going to, I think, save you money pretty quick, depending on how often you replace your razor or the blades, but I love it. And the, the thing about the leaf razor as compared to other things that you, uh, other razors that you might find that are not made of plastic is usually those other razors are going to be safety razors, which don't have the flexible head and it's just a flat edge. I would cut myself all over the place. So I really like the leaf razor because it's exactly like using the disposable razors that you're probably used to using in stores. It has a flexible head. You can do one, two, or three blades. It's super easy. I love everything about it. So again, Sarah, not sponsored. <laughs> or you could sponsor us. I mean, well, we just talk about you for free, but we can do it every pod if you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's definitely on my list of things like that. I, you have inspired me. I definitely want to take a look at that. I'm probably going to wait for my current razor to run out of yeah. refillable razor mm-hmm. things. Um, our friend Madison used a safety razor and she said she did have some, uh, trouble spots in the beginning that she said were user error because remember that safety razor doesn't have the flexible head, but it is a much cheaper investment. And she has really liked it in the long term. It was just getting used to it and not rushing through 
you're shaving. So it's just learning a little bit of a new skill. So and I'm all awesome. about rushing through. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever works for you. Yeah. So another item, and this is, this is actually one of mine that is like my guilty pleasure. Sarah's is fact. Mine is Q-tips. <laughs> Sarah, do you clean your ears with Q-tips? Occasionally I do. I have a box of Q-tips that I've probably had honestly for years uh, that I just will occasionally use one. I know that you're not supposed to. You're not. I don't really know what you're supposed to do instead though. I, I don't know either. I'm sure you've like compounded my ear issues, but I, I have had, um, I have, I don't know, something wrong with my sinuses basically since I, I was little and like, I was prone to ear infections a whole lot. I, this is, I'm not a doctor. You should not clean your ear canal inner ear yeah. with a q-tip yeah don't no do and it. I don't I don't like stick it in there but but I do I do <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't I do I, it is like an ASMR thing I think like oh. I like the way it sounds oh, I no. like I don't know I it makes me feel clean you're weirded out no, by it. I, I don't no like it. I it makes me feel clean I hate earwax I think it's like one of the grossest things that our bodies do is produce earwax <laughs> But that means I use a Q-tip every day, which is not sustainable. Now I will say I was looking it up. They're compostable. Oh, they are hundred percent cotton on a paper swab. It is compostable. Yeah. However, very similarly to straws, they are so lightweight that they're easily taken out of your general garbage and can end up in our oceans. There's a pretty famous beautiful and terrible picture of a little seahorse wrapping his tail around oh, yeah. a Q-tip floating through the water. It's, it's a, a gorgeous photo. It is awful. Um, so Britt recommended the last swab, which is that and Lily Fraser, two of the sustainable swaps I'm going for. Um, and basically it is silicone instead of having cotton. And so it still cleans out not your ears, but you know, whatever you're using for the outer ear, you're allowed to mm-hmm. do that. Um, but you can clean it and it can replace up to a thousand Q-tips okay. over the course of its life. So I'm going to see if it, uh, if it cleans my ears the way that I really need Gives to you that clean. feeling. All right. Give that nice feeling. Um, oh, no, I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> you're so weirded out by it. <laughs> Um, but also people will use Q-tips for doing things like cleaning up their makeup and getting straight lines yeah. for that. And so there's both the basic and a beauty one, she said. So there are options out there for you. Um, and that is one that I'm going to ask for Christmas for, and Andrew will be like, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> he thinks I'm strange. So, so yeah, so those are some of the more aesthetic ones, but also we're going to get into just a quick discussion here for people who menstruate. That's another part of our bathroom routine. Yeah. Sarah, have you used any of the period products out there? I have not yet. I researched a few. I'm thinking about it, but I, I've not actually made the switch over for anything yet. I'm no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm more likely. I know there's a lot of different things out there. Um, you know, there's uh, like the the cup and that sort of thing. I'm not gonna be super comfortable with, but there are a lot 
a lot of options now that are like in terms of reusable pads or even just like the underwear that's reusable and, and stuff like that. So I, I think there's a, a lot of options out there depending on what you're comfortable with. Yeah, I feel like that market has exploded over the last couple of years. I get ads for them a lot more now. Yeah. I don't know if that's just me being more aware of them or that there are a lot more out there. Um, I have used basically the most discounted version I could find of the Diva <laughs> cup. Yeah. Um, so that would be for someone who uses tampons pretty regularly. It's a good alternative for you. Some advantages is it's going to, you don't have to replace it nearly as frequently both for how much it holds, but also it's not going to kill you with toxic shock syndrome, which I once told one of my best friends about that. He's a guy and he was like, that's something you have to worry about. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, tampons can kill you. Um, so you don't have to worry about that with those. It definitely takes a little bit of getting used to like getting the position correct yeah. and it can be uncomfortable. Um, but if you can get it in the right position, you can wear it all day long and it's yeah. can, like, I don't even feel that it's there. I lost mine in the move. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I asked Rebecca, our friend and mm -hmm. the new me at our job, Yay. she got my job. Congrats, Rebecca. She, uh, uses a corporate, she did a lot of research for hers and there's a lot of options for those cups out there. She, uh, uses salt, but it's S A A L T and they are a B Corp. They also do education and they donate to women in countries with low access to period care. I am seeing them sort of as a, like a, who gives a crap of the period world. <laughs> um, she really likes them. I also remember she reached out to their like customer service and they were very like accommodating and very responsive for her. So she really, really likes them. I'm going to get my next one from them instead of trying to spend as little money as physically possible on this item, seeing mm -hmm. as I use it a lot, but I actually have an alternative issue as well. My dog loves to eat period <laughs> <That's> products. <right. laughs> yeah. And she has given us several scares of eating tampons. It's yeah. disgusting. I'm so sorry, listeners, but like, this is, this is a reality, <laughs> like an actual barrier I have <laughs> yeah. in my life that is solved by this. So it's, yeah. it's way less waste. I don't have to worry about my dog trying to go after it. And, uh, and it's way cheaper because tampons are super expensive and salt also has the period panties as well, which seem like magic to me. I think I'm going to try and buy a pair of those as well. Yeah. Neither of these options are like extremely cheap. There are pretty extremely cheap cups out there. The thing is, is that my dog's going to go after those, right. <laughs> those period panties as well. Um, so I, but I have questions about them. Like I, I feel like I need to buy them just so I know how they work and whether they're a good option. So, yeah. And if you're somebody that's thinking about this, like I get, this is something that I have looked at for a long time and I keep coming back to it and thinking about it and going, you know, so do, yeah, do your research again. This is a thing that is, is very personal and it's something that we are, we are just sort of very used to the way things are, you know, uh, and so it can feel, oh, I think a, a little bit harder to make a change like this when you're so used to doing it one way and you have, you know, you know how it works and you have the comfort level of one thing. So switching over um, to something new for this can feel hard. So yeah, just see what, get us start to get a sense of what's out there and what might work for you. Totally explore again. This is one of those things I feel like like after the holidays, sometimes when I'm like my extended family didn't know what to get me. So they got me a gift card of some sort, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
that is a way that I can spend that gift card because it's money I didn't necessarily have before. And, um, and that's, that's how I got my first one. And now that I feel really confident about the choice that I, I made and that it works for me, I'm going to invest in a higher quality one. I would recommend investing a higher quality one if you've got the chance in the first place, but sometimes it's hard to know like which one's right for you unless you try them. Um, but I mean, it's just an inherent part of being someone who menstruates is that it's like a very wasteful thing right now. (laughs) Like the way we traditionally handle it, it's wasteful. Um, when you dispose of those things improperly, they mess up our plumbing systems, Mm -hmm. um, or they end up, you know, being really resource intensive, like, you know, they're, they have cotton or plastic involved Mm in them. Um, so all of those things can be really damaging for wildlife and be really resource intensive. So no shame in having your period. Um, if we can make it with, uh, these kind of fun products, like I was on Salt's website and they're like, would you like a seafoam green cup? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to really see it, but, (laughs) (laughs) but make it fun. Right. I like that. Uh, I was trying to, so when I was like Googling lists of ways, just to make sure I wasn't missing anything, mm-hmm. a lot of places, I mean, a lot of these lists are like, buy this sponsored linked, uh, right. product. And yeah. a lot of those products were organic cotton towels. <laughs> I want to do an episode probably that covers organic cotton and organic textiles a little bit more because it seems to be a pretty complicated, I can't tell if it's a super complicated issue or is it, if like there are special interest groups that are trying yeah. to convince me that it is a complicated issue. I'm not going to go too far into it, but, but let's talk about towel care because chances are you're not buying new towels all the time. Anyway, what if we talk about helping with our laundry, Sarah, what are some ways that you can reduce your laundry impact? Wash on cold, wash everything on cold. Like we talked about, that's saving you Uh, electricity. And also I think Casey, we talked about how that can increase the life of your clothes or towels as we're talking Mm -hmm. about right now um, as well. So that's one, do laundry less frequently. So only wash when you need to uh, make sure you've got a full load. Yeah. Um, If you can hang dry, hang Mm -hmm. dry. Don't use your dryer on high, use it on the low tumble. Especially for like your towels, man, you got a towel rack. Just it's already there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of options out there for reducing um, your towels are fluffy. So my guess is they probably have a pretty high microfiber runoff rate. So doing things like making sure your load is full and that it is run on cold instead of on hot or, and, and not putting in dryer or things that you can do to help extend the life of your towels and help reduce their environmental impact. Um, But hopefully one day I'll be able to tell you if organic cotton towels are truly where it's at. Yeah. Um, And part of me says yes to a certain extent, (laughs) but, uh, but you've got towels. They're perfectly good towels. Keep using your perfectly good towels. Use them as long as you can. Uh, And the last little thing is one really big part of my routine is that I take meds every day. So there's certain meds that I take that come in fairly unsustainable packaging. So like I take a birth control pill that's like in a little kind of pop tin Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. That's, it's frustrating because it comes in like a cardboard box with like 20 pages of instructions. And then I only really, I've been taking this forever. So like (laughs) I don't read the instructions, I have to recycle the box, but then the little pill packet is not actually recyclable. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but a lot of those little orange bottles that you get your pills in, they are recyclable. Um, so if they're not recyclable in your single stream, you can also contact your pharmacy and sometimes they will recycle it. Also, if you have old meds, we've talked about water pollution before, um, meds that are improperly disposed of can end up polluting our waterways. And so a lot of pharmacies either have med take back days or they have they just take them whenever. So if you have expired meds, if you have meds that you don't want or need anymore, um, you can give them back to the pharmacy. And that's one way to help protect our environment from some of that chemical and hormonal sort of altering <laughs> runoff that are produced by meds. And that's my list, Sarah. That's my list. Do you have anything to add? That was a great list. No, I don't think I have anything to add. And I think you went through a lot of things that I don't necessarily think of off the top of my head when I think about uh, my bathroom routines. Uh, I think that was really good. So hopefully, like you were saying, you know, we all have, we all have different routines. We all have things that we're looking to improve upon in, in our own lives. Some of these might impact us more than others, but hopefully there's something in there for you listening that maybe you didn't, hadn't thought about before that might work for your life. Yeah. And if you have tried any of these things and you want to let us know how they went, if you want to recommend to other listeners, what has gone well for you, um, I liked hearing other people's experiences. So I would love to hear more from you. Let us know on social media. We're on Instagram at a little greener pod. Um, Mm -hmm. and then you can email us at a little greener podcast at gmail.com. Um, but also maybe we can crowdsource for more of these for other parts of your life as well. Yeah. And hear your guys's experience with those. But thanks for listening and if you stick around, we'll do our weekly challenge. And we are back everyone for the last little bit of our episode. And I don't have a specific challenge for you because like our bathroom routines are different. So are the things that we can improve, but I do want to challenge you to look at your bathroom routine a little bit more critically this week, put it on your sustainability glasses, look at things a little greener and see what opportunities that you can take right now. Cause remember some of these require buying nothing that just require a little bit of a change in habit. Or maybe adding to that little list of things that you want to do and thinking of actual, either taking action on that or thinking, giving yourself a timeline basically of like when I have X amount of dollars in my bank account or when the next holidays roll around, this is what I'm going to ask for um, and start to make some moves on those sustainable swaps. Love it. I got to, I got to think what, what my next one is going to be. So it was good doing a full episode with you, Sarah. Yeah. I miss you. <laughs> Yay! It does. It makes me very happy. So thanks for doing this, Casey. Thanks for taking the time to put all of that together, despite still getting settled Chaos. in and new draw- <laughs> jobs and all of the things uh, that you've got going on right now. We really appreciate it. It was a great list and I'm excited to see what I'm going to do in my own life. So, and thanks again to all of you for listening. We really appreciate all of you. 
Casey just told you where to find us online. So we won't do that again, but thanks for listening and smash that subscribe. Yeah, absolutely. Rate and review. Leave us a review. <laughs> we appreciate you and we look forward to talking to you next week. Bye guys. Stay safe.